Hello, and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And this is Jake Paul, YouTube influencer extraordinaire, multimillionaire, and documenter of protests, vandalism, and looting. If you aren't familiar with him, he is very famous. He is very popular. He is very rich. He makes a lot of money on this channel, much more than the Hoglaw YouTube version of it. But if everybody decides that they just really love legal analysis, well, then I'm sure we'll be right there with him. Over the past few days, as Mr. Paul has reacted to what's been going around the country, his story has become more and more prominent in the news. He put out a video explaining what had happened to him, in which he described what he did with respect to the protest in Scottsdale, Arizona. And he put up this video and he said the following about what he was doing with his camera crew and what he was doing at these protests. He said he knows that it looked like he was looting. A lot of people reported him. A lot of people commented on his videos. But he wanted to use this platform, YouTube, to raise awareness. He wanted to film the protests. So he took a video of the looting. He went down the street. He looked at all these places that were broken into. He wound up getting pepper sprayed or tear gassed uh, by the Scottsdale, Arizona Police Department, according to him. He said he saw that strangers threw stuff, but he didn't. Somebody handed him a bottle of vodka at one point, maybe for a Molotov cocktail. He doesn't know. He watched people break into a P.F. Chang's. And then he saw people actually break into the mall nearby. And he went into that mall and he documented the vandalism and looting there. And he says, hey, he's very much against vandalism and looting. It's bad. But he also acknowledges that protests don't work. And we need to find a way to make things change in a different manner. Now, in this video, to his credit, he winds up saying that they need to use their voices in voting rather than vandalism and looting. But he presses on the point that he just wanted to document everything and admits that he shouldn't have been where he was in this particular circumstance. Unfortunately for him, the reason I'm doing this video is because it became national news that YouTuber Jake Paul has been charged with criminal trespass and unlawful assembly. Or as this story says, police said Thursday that 23-year-old Jake Joseph Paul was identified as being present. It's very easy to identify you when you take a video of it happening. Among hundreds of tips and videos sent to officials, he reportedly, allegedly, whatever you want to frame it as if you're a journalist, unlawfully entered and remained inside Scottsdale Fashion Square Mall. That's a mall that I've been to. When it was closed. And I looked at this story. I thought, hey, that's interesting. I'm in the YouTube space. I've covered YouTubers. I don't necessarily love covering other YouTubers, but this seems really important. This really is one of the most popular and richest YouTube influencers out there. And a number of people asked me about it. And then I looked at how this was being covered. CNN, Yahoo Finance, Fox News, the New York Times, the BBC. It's not just local TV in Arizona. And so I said, okay, this is a story worth talking about because these charges really are important to a lot of people, or at least the news certainly seems to think so. Then Jake Paul went out with a tweet that said, give me my charges. And let's put the focus back on George Floyd and Black Lives Matter. So I said, all right, Jake, I will take you up on that. Let's talk about your charges. Before we do, though, he has one last thing to say. He pinned this Instagram tweet image message to his Twitter, and it says, to be absolutely clear, neither I nor anyone in our group was engaged in any looting or vandalism. And to be honest, there's reason to believe that based on what he was charged with. 
For context, we spent the day doing our part to peacefully protest one of the most horrific injustices our country has ever seen, which led us to being tear-gassed for filming the events and brutality that were unfolding in Arizona. We were gassed and forced to keep moving on foot. We filmed everything we saw in an effort to share our experience and bring more attention to the anger felt in every neighborhood we traveled through. We were strictly documenting, not engaging. I do not condone violence, looting, or breaking the law. However, I understand the anger and frustration that led to the destruction we witnessed. And while it's not the answer, it's important that people see it and collectively figure out how to move forward in a healthy way. We are all doing the best we can to be helpful and raise awareness. This is not the time to attack each other. It's time to join together and evolve. Now, that's all well and good. But the fact of the matter is that the Scottsdale Police Department said in its investigation that it has confirmed that Jake Paul was in attendance and remained inside after an unlawful assembly was declared. This is in respect specifically, I believe, of the fashion mall situation where you actually have a boundary that can be trespassed against rather than kind of out on the open street. And he has been charged with two things, criminal trespass and unlawful assembly. So what are those charges? Now, here's where I say, I'm a Michigan lawyer. I'm not an Arizona lawyer, but I have clients all across the country and they often ask me various questions about things. And so I'm used to reading statutes in various different jurisdictions. And the very first thing that you want to do if you want to ask this question is you go to the Arizona state legislature and you start looking up statutes. So the first one that I wanted to talk about is unlawful assembly. This is in statute 13-2902. A person commits unlawful assembly by assembling with two or more other persons with the intent to engage in conduct constituting a riot as defined in section 132903, which we will look at in a second. Now, as we just talked about, Mr. Paul says he definitely wasn't there to vandalize, to commit crimes, to quote unquote riot as this statute considers it. So when we talk about charges, when we talk about a suit or criminal charges brought against someone, What the law does is it divides what has happened in reality into various elements. And the party that is bringing the suit, or in this case, the the criminal charges against an individual, have to prove every element that is put forth in the law in order to bring those charges successfully. So in this case, you have to assemble with two or more other persons. That's the first element. You have to be with three people, two or more other persons. So it has to be three of you. And you have to have the intent. That's the mens rea. In your mind, you have to be intending to engage in conduct constituting a riot. That's very difficult to prove, especially if you don't have any documentary evidence that he did, in fact, do something that was riotous. Because the intent is best proven by him actually engaging in the activity. Now, what is a riot under the Arizona statutes? It says a person commits riot if, with two or more other persons acting together, again, that three-person concept... Such person recklessly uses force or violence or threatens to use force or violence. Now, that's worth noting. So that's an or. That secondary element here is you use force or violence or you threaten to use force or violence. So it's just three of you threatening force. Then you could also be guilty of participating in a riot. If such threat is accompanied by immediate power of execution, meaning that you can do it. If the three of you threaten to you know, launch a nuclear weapon then that's not going to be taken as a riot because that's not something that you can immediately do. You have to be able to immediately do something. If you are standing in front of the owner of the P.F. Chang's and saying with 
two of your buddies, we are going to kick your door down. That seems like something that you can do. You're probably participating in a riot. And then the last element is that it has to disturb the public peace. And that's an amorphous standard. That's one that the police across the country use fairly regularly. Basically anything that you do that looks abnormal can be considered disturbing the public peace in a lot of judges and certainly a lot of police officers' eyes. So that's not really going to be the limiting reactant to this particular portion of the law. Note that it is a class five felony, which in, under Arizona law is, is two years of a prison term, potentially more if it was aggravated, if weaponry was used, if some other kind of classification happens at the same time. But it's important to note that the Scottsdale Police Department did not charge Mr. Paul with riot. They don't have evidence that he actually did any of these things. What they charged him with was unlawful assembly. And more specifically, the second piece, right? It's going to be very difficult to prove that he had the intent to engage in a riot based on everything that he said, based on the fact that it's clear on the charges that they don't have proof that he actually did anything, which may be because he didn't do anything, maybe because it wasn't filmed. But we go to section two to really talk about what they are saying with their charges. It is also committing unlawful assembly if you are present at an assembly of two or more other persons, if there's three of you, who are engaged in or who have the readily apparent intent to engage in conduct constituting a riot as defined in section 1329.3. So what we just talked about, threats of force that can be used at the moment in time. If you are there and those people are doing it and it's readily apparent that they will do it, if you are there and then you knowingly remain there, if you are captured, if you are held hostage, those kinds of things will absolve you of this particular crime. But if you specifically knowingly remain there and refuse to obey an official order to disperse. So really three things. You're there when this is happening. That's not going to be so difficult to prove, right? Here's Jake Paul. Here's the riotous events. He actually describes it as people around him throwing tear gas back, throwing rocks. He actually has other imagery of people breaking into the P.F. Changs, people breaking into the mall in various respects. And so when we talk about this, that's going to be the easy part to prove, right? But did he knowingly remain there? Yes, he in fact advanced through the mall. And then did he refuse to obey an official order to disperse? So that's what Scottsdale Police Department means when they say he remained inside after an unlawful assembly was declared. Now, that's a bit passive voice. They did the declaring. They declared it an unlawful assembly. They declared that there were three people or more that were engaged in riotous activity. But he has to have heard and refused to obey an official order to disperse. Now, that isn't a part of his video series. That isn't a part of anything that I saw. It seems likely that they used bullhorns, that they yelled at people to disperse, that they told people to disperse. Certainly the police department thinks that is what they did, but that is certainly one of the elements that they have to prove here. He has to be present. That's on video. He has to remain. In fact, he advanced. So yes, that's on video too. And then he has to refuse to obey an official order to disperse. Didn't see that. Wasn't described to me by Mr. Paul in his video, but it seems likely. So when we talk about a law like this, it seems likely that this was broken. And you can certainly understand the law's interest in it. It's easy enough to say, hey, a riot is when people actually break down that door, when they actually loot, when they actually vandalize. But in order to be able to disperse this now not peaceful protest, 
the law has to be able to say, hey, if you're around, we have to be able to say, essentially threaten you with this particular crime because they have to tell you first. They have to give you an order to disperse, which you then choose to ignore. And once they've done that and you ignore it, only then are you guilty of the crime. So I think we can understand why this is a part of the law. Now, it says that unlawful assembly is a class one misdemeanor. What does that mean? Under Arizona law, it says a sentence of imprisonment for a misdemeanor shall be for a definite term to be served other than a place within the custody of the State Department of Corrections. The court shall fix the term of imprisonment within the following maximum limitations for a class one misdemeanor, six months. So he's got some possibility of getting some version of probation, house arrest, some kind of penalty put on him for a time period of six months. This is the most kind of high level of the misdemeanors before you graduate into that class five felony status. So if there's other videotape of him actually taking that bottle of vodka and throwing it at something, breaking a window, that kind of thing, he's got more trouble. But it appears apparent based on what was charged against him that the police department doesn't have that evidence. Now, the second part of this thing where they talk about criminal trespass, if you aren't familiar with the term, trespass is basically just going onto the property of another without legal authority to do so. They didn't actually make clear which version of criminal trespass they were talking about. And there are actually two in the Arizona statute. The first is criminal trespass in the first degree. That is, again, a class five felony in part and a class one misdemeanor in other part, but it also doesn't apply to this situation. If we actually look at this statute, we see that it relates to residential structures and other things that aren't at issue when we talk about the Scottsdale Fashion Mall. This crime relates to entering and remaining unlawfully in or on a residential structure. The the law in Arizona says it is worse for you to break into someone's home, it's a class five felony, than it is for you to break into the P.F. Chang's. And I think you actually see that in some of the discourse that we've heard around the internet talking about the politics of the situation, what's property, what's not. It's still against the law. It's still violence. It's still vandalism. It's still bad. But the law has to make these kinds of distinctions. They say, hey, if you're in a residential structure, that's bad. A residential yard, that's bad. All this kind of stuff. If you wind up trying to unlawfully claim a a mineral claim uh, or mineral lease, uh, that's also bad. Uh, Desecrating a religious symbol, bad and remaining unlawfully in or on a critical public service facility. So I think neither the P.F. Chang's nor the Scottsdale Fashion Mall can really be argued to be religious symbols or critical public service facilities. So we probably aren't talking about criminal trespass in the first degree. Seems much more likely that we are talking about criminal trespass in the second degree. A person commits criminal trespass in the second degree by knowingly entering or remaining unlawfully in or on any non-residential structure. So Arizona has divided this concept into two pieces. One is houses and other important things, critical services, and one is non-houses, malls, P.F. Chang's, that kind of thing. And that kind of criminal trespass in the second degree is a class two misdemeanor, which like the class one variant, is a similar kind of outside the custody of the State Department of Corrections type crime, but only for four months instead of six months for a grand total of a kind of 10 months of potential exposure or liability for Mr. Paul. And quite frankly, if Arizona jurisprudence is anything like Michigan or elsewhere around the country, it's unlikely to be that full extent and is much more likely to be probation or some variant of it 
for some portion of the time allotted here. Now, I can't tell you that. I can't promise you that. I can't guarantee that because the actual uh, litigation system with all of this going on, protests and vandalism and looting and everything else, is probably under fire with all sorts of things. He might get nothing. He might get something very, very small. Hard to say. But this analysis is based on what's actually in the statute. And then the judge actually gets a lot of discretion as to what they want to do with these various kinds of classifications. Now, to finish off, you might be saying, look, Rick, Jake says he was documenting this. What about kind of freedom of the press? What about the First Amendment? right? Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. And I say to you, yeah, I understand. You can absolutely put this video up. Mr. Paul is not being sued, is not being criminally charged by having this video up. That is what it means to have the freedom of the press. The freedom of the press does not mean you can trespass where you like. It doesn't mean that you can participate in riots as you like. The First Amendment protects peaceable assembly, not violence, not destruction, not looting, not arson, not vandalism. And when you find yourself in that situation, as I think even Mr. Paul knows, or at least as he states in his video contrition and in his apologies on Twitter, and on Instagram, he understands that he should not have advanced into the mall. Regardless of whether it's a protest or a riot, if the mall is closed, you know that you or I would get in trouble. It's trespassing to break into a mall. Now, maybe the security guard there says, hey, get out of here, kids, and whatnot. But this was a different situation. Things were getting broken, and he put himself on film. So even if you are, quote unquote, the press, and there's no special licensing, there's no special qualification for press members in the United States. It's not that kind of thing. The freedom of the press is the freedom to publish, the freedom to put out your speech, your opinions on things like YouTube videos and newspapers, even if he's allowed to do that. And he certainly is. That's the reason his videos remain up with tape of the looting and vandalism. He still doesn't have the right to trespass. And the fact that the police maybe didn't arrest or charge Other journalists that have TV crews and look more official doesn't mean that they can't charge Mr. Paul. Bit like a speeding ticket that way, right? You can't go and tell the officer, well, the guy passed me at 90, so my 85 doesn't matter. The police officer says, yeah, but you're the one standing in front of me. And that's the way that the law works. Which isn't to say that he shouldn't be willing, if he wants to, to violate those laws to document as he sees fit. The the law is set forth to put the penalties on the behavior that he has chosen to undertake. If he thinks that that is justified, if he thinks that's okay, if he says, bring on the charges, then that's up to him. And so that's the calculus. That's the cost-benefit analysis that he engaged in. But no, the freedom of the press, the right of the people peaceably to assemble, it doesn't come into play here. And while that isn't necessarily very comforting for those of you that are out there protesting or that have looked at my earlier videos talking about protests and vandalism and everything that's going on in the country today, it is worth noting it's important to understand these issues in order to understand the news items that we see before us. So Mr. Paul, almost certainly guilty of both of the charges that have been levied against him by the Scottsdale Police Department. Doesn't mean that you have to like it. Maybe you're a big fan of his. Maybe you think he should have been charged with more because he was there. He was holding a bottle of vodka. He was standing right in front of some of these activities, and you don't trust what he has to say. 
The point of fact remains. This is what he's been charged with. I think it's likely that those charges will prove successful. And that's an important part of this story as well. This is going to be happening more and more to more and more people, uh, regardless of whether they're YouTube influencers or not. And so if I can give a little bit of education, a little bit of illumination around what that charging looks like, at least in Arizona, I'm more than happy to do that. If you like this video, please like, subscribe. We're talking about business and law as it relates to basically everything nowadays. We talk about what's happening in the country. We talk about video games, movies, TV, pop culture, all through those lenses, business and law. And please do share around if you found this interesting that we are out here having these conversations. Leave a comment to the video. I love having those discussions. If you saw this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.